Talo Falava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suisuiki. E hari ake nei? The game is over, we've won. Perfect. After 69 years, after 69 years, we've beaten the Wallabies. The flying Fijians create history by defeating Australia in the Rugby World Cup. What a novel fiti. Also, Pacific leaders will meet with US President Joe Biden very soon and later. Our relationship with these countries that we visit is most important. A US-led humanitarian mission arrives in Samoa. Fijians are celebrating after their rugby team pulled off a stunning World Cup upset early Monday morning, beating Australia for the first time in 69 years. Fiji took the lead in the first half with four penalty kicks from Simeone Kuriboli. They followed that up in the second half with an early try, which Kuriboli converted. Australia got the difference back to seven with a 68-minute try, but Fiji held on to win 22-15, much to the delight of their adoring fans. RNZ Pacific's Elias Satora witnessed the upset in St. Etienne. And that's full time. It's a stunner in St. Etienne. As heard on Sky Sport, Fiji's Rugby World Cup campaign has come back from its first up loss with a bang, beating Australia 22-15. While the seventh side has seen plenty of success, it's the first time Fiji's 15th unit has beaten Australia in nearly 70 years. The game was not what you would call an aesthetic crowd pleaser with plenty of stoppages and penalties, but it was in some of those moments, particularly around the breakdown, that Fiji's strength shone through. Australia came back within seven points in the late stages and the last minutes had everyone on edge. But Fiji held on and their fans went into celebration mode. That's why we came all the way to France to cheer for them. Where did you come from? Huh? I came from Levuka. Where are you now? Yeah. 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 Can I reimburse their fears, please? Will you be here for the next game? Yes, for sure. If they give me compliments, it's just... <laughs> The result throws a spanner in the works in Pool C, with Australia, Fiji and Wales now each with a win two games in, Wales leads with 10 points. Fiji and Australia both have 6 points. It keeps Fiji's chances of progressing alive and their lead from the front skipper Waisiana Adelevu told Sky Sport they went into the game with a finals mindset. What I told the boys today, today is our final. Today will determine whether we want to go up in the quarters. So our mindset today was to come in this week, do or die. So we come here, do give our best, we will fight till the end, and the result will uh, take care of itself. If Wales beat Australia next week, and assuming Fiji beats both Georgia and Portugal, Fiji will progress to the second round. If Australia gets up over Wales, it will likely come down to goal difference. Fiji will next face Georgia on October 1st, Pacific time. In other results of the weekend, Samoa hammered Chile 43-10, while Tonga went down to world number one island 59-16. Both are still able to qualify for the knockout rounds. Samoa is second in Pool D after England beat Japan this morning to top the group. Coach Vao Vasamanaia Seilala Mapusua says it was a relief to finally hit the field. Their first game was in the second block of matches eight days after the tournament opener.
Really happy to get the win. We've uh, been waiting for a while to play play our first game, so to be able to do that and, and, and walk away with, with maximum points is um, it's a great start to our campaign. I, th- I thought Chile were uh, were amazing, and we knew that they were going to be up for this game, so we knew that we had to grind out a win. The next opponent is Argentina on Saturday morning, Samoa time. For Tonga, making the quarterfinals will likely require knocking over either South Africa or Scotland in Pool B. The Kaletahi faced the Scots on September 25th, Tonga time. Pacific leaders are due to meet with U.S. President Joe Biden after the U.N. General Assembly, which gets underway in New York this week. The full scheduled for U.S. Pacific summit has yet been finalised, but New Zealand's Foreign Affairs Minister Nanai Mahuta has confirmed it will be taking place on Monday next week U.S. time. Ms. Mahuta departs for New York and the U.N. meeting this week off the back of attending the Pacific Islands Forum Foreign Ministers meeting in Suva, Fiji last week. Lydia Law spoke with the minister on Monday ahead of her departure about the outcomes of the Suva meeting. This meeting was a meeting for foreign ministers and the leaders' meeting will take place in November. Uh, So the tone of the discussion was really around prioritising Pacific architecture, which is the Pacific Island Forum, as a means to engage strategic partners to focus on priorities that were identified in the 2050 Blue Pacific strategy. And as you've already noted, labour mobility was an issue. Of course, climate change uh, is a prescient issue. Uh, as well as the uh, release of treated uh, nuclear wastewater from Fukushima uh, into the ocean. And just going back to that labour mobility quickly, Fia Mayor Naomi Matafa has been very vocal about this um, this issue. What did she raise um, at this meeting and what will New Zealand do in response to that or what did you commit to anything? Different concerns of different Pacific uh, uh, countries in relation to labour mobility. Uh, One of the concerns is the impact on the domestic labour market. And so with initiatives like our RSC scheme and Australia's equivalent scheme, uh, there is a sensitivity from countries like Samoa about the impact on the domestic labour market. In other countries, it's not as much of a consideration. So uh, I think what we're trying to ensure is, certainly from New Zealand's point of view, is that we're sensitive to the views across the Pacific. And as you may be aware, we've already undertaken a review of our REC scheme. And Vanuatu has made some really significant steps for climate change. The UN General Assembly has adopted um, a Vanuatu-led resolution calling for an advisory opinion for the International Court of Justice on Climate Change and Human Rights. With a change of government in Vanuatu, Can we afford to let climate ambitions like this fall through the cracks? Look, we have to firstly acknowledge that what Vanuatu has done um, in seeking an advisory opinion from the ICJ, that they have elevated uh, the importance of addressing climate change for the whole of the Pacific. Irrespective of whether there's a change of government, climate change remains a high ambition issue for the whole of the Pacific because sea level rise has a direct impact on Pacific uh, states. So did New Zealand make a submission to the ICJ? We will, and we encouraged other Pacific uh, nations to do so, and we also helped Vanuatu shape up uh, the uh, recommendation that went 
uh, to the ICJ. And I happened to be in Vanuatu when that uh, announcement came out. So I was pleased that we have been absolutely consistent in supporting the Pacific aspiration of addressing climate change and Vanuatu's uh, petition to the, or submission to the ICJ in particular. In statehood that was also discussed, does New Zealand support Tuvalu's change in its definition of statehood? Yes, well this is the thing, the sea level rise affects the Pacific nations and if you look at uh, uh, Pacific states like Tuvalu, they will be critically impacted by sea level rise. So we do think that this is an area uh, where we can continue to pursue greater clarification of statehood as countries like Tuvalu are impacted by sea level rise and have less and less of their own sovereign um, uh, terrestrial uh, space uh, to, to live upon. And so we think that this is an important uh, matter to support. Now to Fukushima, I understand a joint statement was agreed upon. I haven't seen that yet, um, but I understand that it is very similar to what has been issued in the past surrounding the differing views and continued dialogue. Um, But moving forward, will a Labour-led government strengthen its stance on this Fukushima issue and particularly ahead of the leaders' meeting in Rarotonga, which is just after the election, would you take options to that forum meeting to support small island states, some of which want to take Japan to court? What will you do to actually support them, not just you know, enhancing dialogue, um, which has been the line that I've heard many times? We've taken a very consistent position. We have uh, endorsed... Uh, the IAEA is the international expert on nuclear matters that is science-based. Uh, we've encouraged Japan and the IAEA to engage with the Pacific around the release of nuclear wastewater because it is a sensitive issue and there are nuclear legacy issues. And we've joined with other Pacific states to have a common statement in relation to Fukushima and the release of nuclear wastewater. One of the key aspects of that uh, shared statement was to recognise that there is a need to build regional scientific capacity and monitoring capabilities to assist in understanding the health and well-being of marine ecosystems of the Blue Pacific, including to human health, when treated nuclear wastewater is released into the Pacific. So we've got to build up that Uh, science-based understanding within the region. Now, this week, Pacific States are meeting with the US. Was New Zealand invited? Uh, Yes, New Zealand and Australia uh, were invited as a um, a grouping of the Pacific Island Forum. Uh, And it's going to be important that we uh, continue to engage proactively uh, with strategic partners uh, in the Pacific region. So will you be attending this meeting? Are you heading to the US? Yes, yes, I will be. When do you leave? Tomorrow night. Okay, and what day is the meeting with the President, Joe Biden? Uh, the, the meeting will follow the uh, UN General Assembly. So on Tuesday? The timing is out, but US time, it's Monday. Okay, so you'll be meeting with President Biden along with other Pacific states? I'll be standing alongside Pacific states, yes. Okay, and what, what will they call for? I don't, I don't have detail of, of the exact uh, format as of yet, 
And as I say, that meeting will follow the UN General Assembly meeting. Cool. And finally, um, what what are New Zealand's priorities heading into the leaders' meeting in Rarotonga? Well, New Zealand's priorities will be on regional architecture and strengthening the Pacific Island Forum as the uh, key forum to assure uh, the region of Pacific centrality and articulate the views from the Pacific. Climate change will be a key issue for the region, and that is something that uh, New Zealand endorses. Also on the issue of labour mobility and security issues. Thank you, Vinaka Vakalevo, for your time and all the best on your travels. Vinaka, kia ora. Kia ora. A spokesperson from Mahuta's office has confirmed that Pacific leaders are scheduled to meet with the US President Joe Biden on Monday, the 25th of September, US time. A US-led multinational force are in Samoa, delivering aid and providing development assistance to communities. The force of sailors, engineers, medics and musicians arrived in Apia on Thursday on board US Navy ship the USS Jackson. It's part of an annual mission known as the Pacific Partnership. Fino Funua has more. On Thursday, the USS Jackson arrived with dozens of engineers, medical staff, environmental experts and musicians to assist and entertain Samoa. It's part of the Pacific Partnership Mission, an annual humanitarian and outreach program in its 18th year running. The U.S. Embassy in Samoa's Charged Affairs, Noriko Horiuchi, says the mission is about the U.S. maintaining a positive relationship with its Pacific Island neighbors at a roots level. Our relationship with these countries that we visit is most important. And relationship is not just between government to government, it's between our people to people. When you see our leaders talking to leaders, that is one way um, that we engage with the Pacific, whether it's through the forum. But for the Pacific Partnership, it is to show that we are here from all levels, from the ship to the musicians, to the doctors, to the people, reaching out to the children. Because the United States, when we go to these uh, places and, and nations in the Pacific, we are too a Pacific nation. Um, and therefore, it is important to us to show the Pacific that we are here, we are here to engage. The Pacific Partnership is not just the U.S. mission. The multinational operation involves units from Chile, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, South Korea, Japan, and the United Kingdom. The deputy commander of the mission, British Royal Navy Captain Joe Dransfield, says it's a joint effort that fosters positive friendship on all levels of engagement. It's a wonderfully diverse mission, and we've literally got medical teams going out, working side by side with the, with the host nation, sharing knowledge, learning from each other. We then have teams of engineers who are looking at some potential future projects, mostly, mostly U.S. engineers. We've had the Republic of Korea engineers involved. We've just come this morning from a fabulous engagement um, at a school here in, in, in Samoa, uh, which was a combination of the United States Pacific um, woodwind quintet playing um, a- alongside a, a-, a Zumba event, um, just, to, just to really get that, 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 that diversity. So you will have found several of us leaping around. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's greatly diverse. Among the deliveries of the mission are natural disaster preparedness with experts training local authorities in evacuation and rescue operations in the events of cyclone and tsunamis. Medics assist Samoa's hospitals in the treatment of patients and engineers offer their consultations 
for potential development projects. There's also religious and emotional support. Royal New Zealand Navy Chaplain Richard Lander says he's been a part of the outreach program counseling vulnerable and disadvantaged people. We're just fully aware of our of our, our Pacific neighbours and friends. Um, that that faith is incredibly important, and that uh, that faith and life um, separated. And so, to be able to come and encourage communities and and organizations in that regard has been awesome. The USS Jackson departs Samoa next Wednesday, September 20th. That's Pacific Waves for today. Don't forget you can listen back on rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, to Fasui 4.